everybody, and good morning. Welcome to the Weekly Dish on a very autumnal Saturday. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I'm here with my friend, Elizabeth Reese. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I got my flannel on. I'm ready to go. I'm planning on drinking a lot of tea. I'm loving this whole weather situation. I, You know, I love it too, but... Uh, and I hate to be negative, Nancy. Oh, gosh. But it's so short, you know, like... It just doesn't last as much as I want it to oh, last. Oh, I know. Because I like do like a good, good autumn season. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. We have so much to look forward to. The leaves are just starting to turn. It is like, I think this is the best season. This is soup season. This is sweater season. The Boho whole bags. Yeah. Chunky sweaters. I know. I'm just all about it. You can cover up a multitude of sins with the fashion. There's no sweating. I Listen, I'm a fall and winter girl. <laughs> no I sweating. like the summer, but I have no problem with it uh, lasting the amount of time that it does. Don't you think, too, that um, like it used, I mean, we always close our cabin on Labor Day. So for me, that's like the hard end of summer. Right. But over the over like the last global warming situation, it stays warm really the first three weeks of December or of September. Stephanie, last weekend was like ninety five degrees. Yeah, so I was boiling and I was just so mad that the pool wasn't open yeah, anymore. That the pool closed. So that, that's the thing. I mean, it it is going on, and when we hit this like just crisp time of year, it just feels really refreshing. It feels like I feel much more a sense of renewal this time of year than I do at the beginning of the actual year. I feel like the fall is just the time to like refresh your life. Think about like new routines, new things that you can do to sort of get a handle on things. And um, I think too, because you have kids. Yes. Because, you know, I'm a big like goal setter. I'm a big restarter. I'm a type A. I make my list. So the new year always like I'm excited about like dieting and health because you've had just a month of just absolute Gluttony. eating and drinking and just like blah. But I also feel like Labor Day is like a fresh restart because the kids go back to school. You get into a new routine. There's an opportunity. You've eaten and drank a lot over the summer and kind of stayed out too late and you can get back to the plan. Yeah. When you don't have a kid, it changes a little bit because like. They're not there to start that routine again. So I've really had to like reset myself. It's hard. Do it with the weather. When the weather starts to turn crisp, then you can start to reset. And this is, this is to me, the best time of eating. The fall is the I best. Agree. I mean, if you're a gardener like me, you've got everything going. I can't keep up with anything. I wish you would have brought me anything. I should have. And I should have texted you. I know. You. I know. And, um, we're in a little bit of a personal transition at home. And so it's just like, this is just a fun time to kind of, you know, make soup. And Get your hang slow out. cooker out. Eat sandwiches. We're working. <laughs> sandwiches. That's all year. I don't know why I love sandwiches. Do you really? Oh, I just love them. I think they're such a wonderful thing. I don't think I knew that about you. No, I just love you a sandwich. You don't seem like you would love a sandwich. I like love- sandwich seems kind of like... This is sexist, but kind of like dude fair. Yeah. Stephanie does love a good sandwich. Oh, though. I just love sandwiches. I love picking it up. I love like the flavor balance. I like making sandwiches. I like the whole thing. You know, oh. there's nothing more. Speaking of men, men love nothing more than when you hand them a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, my husband, if <laughs> I make him crack. a sandwich, this is it. Like, you know, Lori Bargini says there are a couple of things that oh, men yes. need. The three Fs. Yep. And Flatter. Feed and you can let your mind wander on the to what the last one. one is. But with a feed, I will argue is even better when it's in the form of a sandwich. When I like just get bread out and start making a sandwich and then hand it to my husband, the joy that it is is in his face <laughs> is greater than any joy I ever see from him. He's just like, 
you made me a sandwich. And a sandwich is always better when someone else makes it for you. Well, I, I will say I think food in general is better when someone else makes it for you. If you're wondering where Stephanie March is, she is actually somewhere that I've never been. She is in Wales. She is in Wales. And you've got to be following her Insta stories. They're so beautiful. Yes. I'm, I was like, I, I sent her a text and I said, you are making Wales seem so great. She was like, it really is great. It, and I said to my husband, like, why have we never been to Wales? I don't even know where Wales is. I know it's over the pond, but it's right near England. <laughs> oh, well, and that would make sense because it feels sort of like you're in all these Londonish pubs. Yeah, it's in the United Kingdom. So and it's, the cheese. Oh, and- it just like seems so lovely. If you ever meet Welsh people, which I have actually met Welsh people when I've been in London, mm-hmm. and you cannot, for the life of you, understand what the people are saying. I mean, the Welsh dialect and the accent is, I mean, if you think sometimes when you're talking to British people, you kind of have to just take a beat Uh to make sure that you're understanding clearly. Welsh people, I fully cannot understand. And uh, it's notoriously like difficult to pronounce things like names of towns and things like that are just over the top insane. It'll be really fun to hear what Stephanie has to to say about it. And, you know, I I am so spoiled and horrible because I'm always traveling and leaving her. So I don't get to spend time talking with you about food very much. So for once, she left me and I was happy to have her do it. I sent her off and said, have a great time. Have a great time. It's so fun. I love being asked to stop in. All right. So we have a good show today. We're going to talk a lot of fall things, Uh, fall cookbooks. We're going to talk about some apples. We've got a great maker segment coming in hour two. And um, I finally am going to just wrap down bone broth with people because I've been getting so many emails. I just got one last week about bone broth. Yeah. I think people are starting to think about it and I've been talking about it. Yeah. I was at um, a place last night that I'd never been to in Edina that was pretty cute called Coalition. They apparently have another one in Excelsior. They do. Chef Eli Wollenzine is the owner and operator of those restaurants. And Eli is a fantastic chef. Well, there you go. Because they had this... It was a very simple plate and I couldn't take a picture of it because I would have had to climb over 12 women who would have wondered what I was doing. Yeah, that's good. But they had like this long platter with a sort of arugula, lightly olive oil, lemon dress salad, then a prosciutto rose. So like the meat was in the shape of a rose and it really was effective. It looked really pretty. And then all these like grilled toasts. Beautiful. So it was like a prosciutto arugula salad, but it was just composed really beautifully. Yep. It looked really nice. So that was on the menu last night. You know, Eli really cooks with the seasons. He's like very into that. And just like he's he's one of those guys who has a way of just making really, really simple things. I mean, that's the art of a really great chef. Just really good ingredients. Alice Waters. and, And just make it super simple and don't let yourself get in the way of the deliciousness of what it is. And that's what he does. What did you eat last night? Just out of curiosity, uh, in we the went, middle of all your transition, we went to um, we went to Pizza Luce. Oh, I love Pizza. I Luce. know we went to Pizza Luce, and I was reminded of just how good Pizza Luce is. We'll get it delivered quite a bit. You know, we live in Minneapolis, and so um, we get it delivered. But the one thing that I just wanted to give a shout out to Pizza Luce about is that they just they do like kids meals really well. What do they do? They just they're just good. They're like good ingredients. I mean, we ordered um. For my little one, we ordered chicken tenders and they're like pieces of just great chicken with a super light breading. It, you don't feel like, oh, I failed as a parent yeah, giving my kid chicken totally. tenders. Like and the then it came meat. with like a bunch of vegetables on the side. And so my kids were wolfing down the t- cherry tomatoes and the cucumbers. And um, and it's just really nicely done for yeah, kids, which good is good. And, and then their pizza is 
I, it's good when you get it delivered. It's just so much better when it's super, yeah. super hot right there. What do you get? Um, we get wild mushroom and sausage and oh. that's it with a red sauce. Are you a mushroom person? Super simple. I am a total mushroom person. I am a fun guy. <laughs> have you heard my famous joke? No. Here we go. <laughs> it's like the, you know how you have like, I only have one joke that I know. Yeah. Okay. And that I can remember. And here it is. And here it is. So a mushroom walks into a bar and says, hey, bartender, I'd like a drink. And the bartender says, we can't serve you. And he goes, hey, why not? I'm a fun guy. <laughs> so whenever someone says fun guy, fun guy, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to tell my joke. It's the only one I know. There Have you is. been to uh, Keg and Case to see the giant mushroom tower I yet? haven't been there yet, but I've seen it on television because our reporter, Emily Engberg, um, was out there the day before it opened um, for Twin Cities Live. And so she took us on a tour via the TV. And then my sister went too and just thought it was so cool. I'm a big fan of these like types of eating marketplaces. Like Chelsea Market is a must stop for me every time I'm in New York, except there's a thousand people every square foot. And so then I hate my life by the time I leave and I'm just mad, but I love Italy. Like I love these places. And so um, I'm excited about this in Minneapolis. If you're, it's It's in St. Paul. It's the gentleman forager is the name of the stall and the, they have a mushroom tower that is built. It's like a giant refrigerated tower that's glass that has like two levels of mushrooms um, going up. So you can just see like it's a mushroom tree basically is what it looks like. And so they're they're cultivating mushrooms right yes. there. Yes, fresh. And then they're selling them. You know, mushrooms are so fascinating because, you know, they're opposite of most plants where they actually... Um, breathe in car or breathe in oxygen like we do and emit carbon dioxide. So they'll starve themselves of oxygen if you don't like keep an airflow going Uh all the time. And, um, and then they're, they're specific about humidity that they like. And then what's so crazy about mushrooms, you know, is that only certain varieties can be cultivated and no one can figure out how to cultivate many other wild varieties. And I just find them to be you and this guy just be like, geeking out over I've the mushrooms. I've done some research on mushrooms in case you couldn't tell. I've, done, I've met with some mushroom growers and talked to them about this and been in their spaces and I just think there's like a little bit of like a mad scientist slash just understanding that Completely. nature is bigger and better than all of us with people who are super into mushrooms. And that they re-like populate themselves. <sighs> like that's pretty cool too. They reproduce themselves. And that if you get one that is slightly different from the one you were looking for, it will kill you. <laughs> and if you're a forager, like I always talk to Adam Burgo. He's like a urban modern forager. He's been on the show before. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, you must have, he poisons himself all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just not There's, like he doesn't as much anymore, but when he first started on his journey, he was like, yeah, you would eat something and be like, oh, that was not good. My yeah. grandmother um, ate a bunch of mushrooms from her front yard at one point. I don't know why. I mean, you should never do this. And she had to go to the hospital and be have her stomach pumped. I mean, it was like legit oh, bad. All right. Well, that is more of what we have coming up. Look how fun it is. It feels like a time to eat mushrooms, too. We're going to do Apple Talk and Talk Fall Cookbook Previews when we come back on the Weekly Dish, sponsored by Red Cow, who I just sent someone there today, and Red Rabbit, who has delicious food and is getting ready to open St. Paul next week. So we'll give you the update on that when we come back on the Weekly Dish. We are the Weekly Dish. Welcome back on this Saturday morning. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Elizabeth Reese, host of Twin Cities Live. Good morning. If you, so this, 
this is a gift because it's like two hours of just sitting here and talking with you about food. Oh, we're talking off the air. We're just going on and on about our food love. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel the feeling is so mutual. This is really great. And it is apple season, Steph. Yes, it is. Okay. So this part of the show, I thought um, Stephanie said, talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I said, do you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about apples. Um, do you eat like raw apples? Yeah, I do. And my kids eat them. And I love So I love learning about how things are grown. Like this is the thing about, you know, me as a food person is that I just love like people who take on the task of either um, evolving food or or maintaining what we already have. Mm -hmm. So like I had a couple different ends of the spectrum on um, Twin Cities Live this week. We did a whole Apple week. So we had Apple segments every day, which was really fun. And we had um, we had a guy from the University of Minnesota on the show to talk about their breeding program, which is just so fascinating. And so they're kind of on the end of the spectrum where they're looking to take what we have and make it into something different. I mean, they do traditional breeding processes they're like you know transplanting the whatever the part of the branch onto another and then they're growing it takes 30 years for them to get an apple and i also thought it was such like a just a lovely little metaphor for life because i was saying to him i said so you must have like thousands of failures before you get one great thing and he goes thousands try 15,000 failures for one thing that will work. Right. And like, what a lovely thing because so many of us are just stopped by failure. Did he tell you the story of the honey crisp? He told us a little bit about it. So everybody I think knows probably that the university of Minnesota developed the honey crisp apple and they developed it through this process of um, selecting seeds and then growing those seeds and then tasting the apples. And they, it was just, it was years and years and years of trying to get this perfect apple. Decades. So they get this perfect apple and they get the seeds and they grow it and they, they um, brand it and they market it, but they didn't control the end piece of it. So a honey crisp apple grown in Washington stage or grown in Michigan turns out is not the exact same as the honey crisp apple grown in Minnesota. So he's, I was reading a story where I think it was this guy got his, like went to the grocery store and saw the honey crisp apples and went over there and looked and realized that they weren't from Minnesota. And he bought one and bit into it. And he said, it was such an inferior apple. Wow. And here it was like, I have all of these eggs invested in this honey crisp basket and when you grow this in other conditions, it's not the same apple. It's, it's spongier. It yeah. doesn't. So now they have it so that they call this apple that's grown in Minnesota a name. They're just introducing a new apple. I can't even think of it's the name of it. It's called the first it. kiss is okay. the new apple. But they have done something smart. If that same seed of apple is grown in Michigan or in Washington, it's called, I want to say like Romar. There's another name for it. So... Smart. If you see that type of apple, it's it's the same seeds, but it's not going to be the exact same apple experience as what you would get in the Minnesota market. Okay, that's so fascinating. Isn't that smart? They were going through. Um, he was going through all of the apples that the University of Minnesota has developed over the years, and that and, and it's interesting to see like the change in the taste. I mean, clearly we're going much more towards sweet 
the I mean, the newer apples tend to be a lot sweeter and crisper and crisper. Yeah, but they were absolutely delicious. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we had um, Gretchen Purbix on the show from she and her husband, Mike, own Sweetland Orchard in Webster. Do I can I just take a minute to tell you how much I love her? I'll love her. She and her husband like decided uh let's maybe do this apple orchard thing and then they like met this couple who owned one and said hey we want to buy this from you and they were like we're not ready and then a couple years later the couple was like okay now we're ready (laughs) and then they apprenticed with the couple and they have kids and they're making um ciders they're making hard ciders that are so delicious so they're right in webster so and if you don't know where that is it's like elko newmarket lakeville just south side a little further mm-hmm. south. Um, you can go there. What I like about it is that I, I think they're such a great place for all of the apple orchards and like the big ones to go to. But this is a much more small, quaint experience. And if you have like really little kids or you want to just like go meet a couple friends, it's a great spot to go because you can do a cider tasting. And it's more like there's a little barn. They've got a flock of chickens. Gretchen told me they got pigs, which is very exciting. <laughs> and then they have tons of apples and they grow all these different, like really, really old varieties of yeah, apples. Yeah, they're heirlooms. They're heirlooms. So there are more than 7,500 types of apples that are grown in the U.S. So when you think about like the small variety that you see at the grocery store, it was really cool to um, get a look at some of the different ones that they're growing. And then um, I posted this. We'll link this up for you. But there is a link to the story that we did. We had Gretchen talking about the apples. And then we had Mary Jane Miller, who is a recipe developer mm-hmm. and a chef in town. She's so great. wonderful. And she basically was looking at Gretchen's apples and then figuring out what they're best used for. So if you want to make applesauce, Mary Jane says you should use Macintosh apples, that they're so good for making homemade applesauce. You get like that chunky yep. deliciousness. Um, she also did a really fabulous salad with a cheddar vinaigrette that she used apples in. And we used, she used Cortland apples because Cortland apples take longer to go brown. So if you're going to serve them raw in a salad, smart, they'll sit and like look pretty longer. Yeah, this is fascinating. And the cheddar vinaigrette was just... Um, olive oil, vinegar, apple cider vinegar, garlic, honey, and then shredded cheddar cheese. And she blitzed it up in the blender. Bomb. Good. Really? Like a creamy dressing, but like a little bit of, you know, cheddar cheese has a little bit of sharpness to it. Wow. I would have never thought of doing that. So, so delicious. Yeah, it was really, really fun. So she had some great ideas of things that you could make. There was a, um, also a Sweetland 75. So she kind of did a twist. Oh, I love a good French 75. On the French Is 75. That yeah, that's exactly what it was. And she used some of um, the perennial cider I from Sweetland Orchard. But you could use any dry, hard cider in this recipe. Two ciders from this particular orchard that if you're a cider drinker, I'd love it if you tried. Our Sweetland Orchard perennial. Yep. Which is more like a, a dry, sparkling, crisp wine. Mm-hmm. It's it's not sweet. It's uh, very just tart and lovely. And like you should drink it out of a wine glass. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think or a champagne uh, flute. So that's Sweetland Orchard's perennial. But then they also have this kind of funky, scrumpy rhubarb cherry cider mm-hmm. that. Is I like to drink it over ice because I like a little bit of the dilution of the water in it. Yeah. It's just sort of tart and puckery, but it's got the cherry notes and the rhubarb notes. And I drink that a lot in the summer up at the cabin. It, I drink Sweetland Orchard all the it's great. time. Yeah. And then Sociable Cider Works is another favorite Very one of mine. F- another favorite of mine, too. They're local and they have a new one out that has a cranberry. I twist have it to in it. my refrigerator right now. Have you had it yet? Yes. It's really good. Now, my husband tried it because I happened to, we had it on the show and then we went out to dinner 
And um, and then I ordered it at the restaurant and my husband thought it was too sweet for him. And he loves sociable cider yep. works like he loved their habanero cucumber is his favorite thing. He drinks tons I've of it. I've never even heard of this habanero cucumber cider. They have a habanero cucumber hard cider from sociable cider works. And in the past, it's been seasonal, but now it's going to be a year round product that you can it's only so get there popular. No, you can get it at like liquor stores. You can get it anywhere. And I'm not How sure did if I miss this news. Well, it kind of like their season Hope is shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> so give me the thumbs up. It is so phenomenal. It's got a little bit of like just a tiny bit of bite from the habanero. So a little bit of spice, Love. but super refreshing. The cucumbers what you taste on the end and um i was saying to jim watkins who's the who's the owner i was like you um we we are the ones that did this right because i harass you so much about the habanero cucumber and how we love it so much and he was like yep that's why we're making it year round there's a seasonal (laughs) that they do that i've only had once and seen once and if i ever saw it again i would buy it in the gal by the gallon which is a lemon thyme cider that was phenomenal and it was just at the um at the cidery it was so good. Oh, that's oh. so good. All right. We're going to come back and you're going to finish if you have a few more apple. Oh, gosh, it goes too fast. I know it what goes really doing? fast. And then we're going to talk about fall cookbook preview, but we have two hours together. So we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Red Rabbit in St. Paul is right around the corner. So stay tuned. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Elizabeth Reese, who is the half of Twin Cities Live with Steve Pruderson. Some may say the better half, but oh. you know, I don't know, Steph. You say I'm, what you I'm in say. your camp. I love Steve, but... <laughs> I love Steve. I, he, when I like spend time with him and get to know him on a personal level, he is... What you hear is what you get. Like I'm like, really? You don't watch R-rated movies? He's like, no, why would I put that kind of stuff in my brain? I'm like, whoa. He's really a funny guy. Steve is a funny person. People always ask me, like, is Steve the same that he is on TV in terms of wackiness? And yes, he is. I think the one thing that you miss sometimes when you and I think you're getting a better sense of that here on my talk 1071 because he Mm -hmm. has more time to just talk about things. But Steve is a person of great depth. He is like great depth and he is such a good friend like he's just a genuine human person who cares about other people. So we give Steve Patterson a hard time, but know that that comes from a real place of love. Okay. Uh, Speaking of love, we love cookbooks. We do love cookbooks. And I just, I got really excited about the fall cookbook list. And fall is a good time for cookbooks because this is the time where people are starting to ramp up for holiday sales. So I just want to talk to you about a couple of cookbooks that I'm excited about. What do we got? Are you still a cookbook person? I love cookbooks so much. I'm not a person who buys as many as I used to. I actually... um, just within the last year, packed up a big box and sent them on their way oh, to other people. It, well, you're going to be maybe having to pack up another box yes. coming up. Yep. Um, let me just start out before we get into the cookbook preview. We are going to have another cookbook swap. What this is, this is our third annual cookbook swap. And what we do is we gather. It's going to be on October 27th. It's a Saturday. Uh, doors open at 12 and we gather at Kitchen in the Market in the Midtown Global Market. Uh, tickets are uh, $15 at the door, but you can buy them right now on a link that I'll put on our Facebook page for $10. So it's not a lot of money. No. All, every, all the money goes to charity, 100% to Second Harvest Heartland. Great. But Steph and I are there. And what we do is we set out tables with all of the cookbooks that you bring. No magazines, please. Just cookbooks. And then you come with your box of old books and let's say you bring 10 books. 
we give you a ticket for each of the books that you give us. And then you can go into the swap and go out with 10 new books. It's such a brilliant idea. It's so fun. Yeah. And people like some, like one lady brought the entire Williams Sonoma catalog of cookbooks because she was downsizing. Yeah. There were like 200 cookbooks and we raffled it off. And the woman who won it practically was crying. She was so excited. Oh my God. So one person's trash is totally another person's treasure. There's something really special too about old cookbooks that I yes. just love. You know, I had, um, my mom has the super old Betty Crocker cookbook. Me too. And it doesn't have a front or a back. And my dad looked up to try to order her a new copy and she wants that particular edition. That's right. That's right. Um, and it was like hundreds of dollars. Yep. And then one of the weekly dish listeners who I, talked when I talked about this sent me like one of her versions of them and I just love that and I love like when people write notes in them I mean like my sisters and I will fight over that one of my mom's because it has all of her notes and it has the splatters like I could cry talking about it I have a deep (laughs) connection to that same cookbook that I my copy is up at my cabin it was my mom's it has masking tape all over it yes it has her handwritten pages that she's added in there for different recipes a lot of family recipes are in there um notes the splatters it's very yellow and just gross the pages are icky um but it's it speaks to me and every summer i leave it at the cabin so that every summer i like go through it and revisit some of it it is it does make me happy i think that is so sweet so you come to the cookbook swap you bring your old books there's snacks we have complimentary mimosas we have a raffle um, at 11, at one thirty, you get to go in and you get to do the swap and the swap part actually happens really fast. Yeah. And if you brought 10 books and you only want to leave with two, that's fine. We donate all of the extra books to Arks Value Village. Great. So it's just a super fun way to get together with fellow cooks that you're interested in. And, and then make room for some new cookbooks. Yes. Too. And I, one of the, um, I talked about a recipe that I made a couple of weeks here. It was just ground lamb with these um, chickpeas that you cooked until they were crisp. And then there was a yogurt sauce. And that was from a cookbook that I got from the cookbook swap. Okay, that sounds delicious. It was delicious. And then I was thinking about cookbooks because I want to do this fall preview. But if you didn't get a chance in the Star Tribune taste section on Thursday, they had the sweetest story about cookbooks. And I want to try to get the librarian on so the St. Paul campus, which a lot of people don't get over to the University of St. Paul campus, but they have a library there. It's called the McGrath Library, and it houses the Doris S. Kirshner Collection. This is a cook's paradise of 5,000 plus cookbooks. I've heard about this. So in the Minneapolis library, we have one of the world's largest cookbook collections. Yep. Now they're building this collection over in St. Paul. And it is primarily, it started out because they got two big donations. One of the donations was from um, uh, Beatrice Okangas, who's written a lot of cookbooks about casseroles. And so it's kind of got a Swedish bent to it. She donated like a couple thousand cookbooks out of her collection. Wow. And then the other person that donated a lot was, um, uh, let's say the name of this other person. Because it's like... It's not only just a cookbook collection, but it's like quintessential Minnesota cookbooks. It's got like all the church cookbooks that they collected. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so Doris Kirshner is the other person that donated. She was a graduate of the home economics program. And a couple of thousand of these cookbooks are from her personal library that she spent decades collecting. 
And she was also a huge traveler. So if there's like Asian and Russian and Jewish volumes, um, the collection was enriched when Beatrice gave another couple thousand cookbooks. And there they are. And they talked about just like how the kids, their kids go to this library and like see these cookbooks that their mom had. Oh, honestly, I just could cry talking about oh, it. Oh, that is so sweet. So cookbooks, people come to the cookbook swap. Visit the cookbook library in St. Paul. And then let's just talk about some of the new cookbooks that are coming that you may want to make room for. And the cookbook swap is Saturday, October 27th. That's correct. Just to repeat the date for That's everybody. That's correct. Okay. And we have to cap it at 100 because there's just not room for more. Yeah. So if you want to get tickets, get them early because they will sell out. We've sold out every year. When are they on sale? They're on sale now. Oh, great. Yeah. There's a link out. that we'll put on the Facebook page. And also when we say there's a link, just to be clear, you can get it on our Facebook page, Weekly Dish. Or the show page at My Talk 1071, our producer always puts the links up there too. Way to go, Hope. Um, and just to be obvious, Stephanie and I are on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. I'm Stephanie's Dish in all these places. Send me a message, I'll send you a link. With Facebook Messenger, you can pretty much find me 24-7. Oh my goodness. Um, do you have any of the Ottolenghi books? I do. I actually have the original Ottolenghi cookbook that I got from Ottolenghi in London. Wow. And um, I... I went to London, gosh, this was probably a trip like 10 years ago. And I'd read this article in um, Bon Appetit about Yoda Matalangi and about the story of the restaurant and um, and these partners and where they grew up and all of this. And I just became enthralled with it. And so I had to go there when I went to London and I went and then I bought the cookbook. And then I was just staying at my sister's apartment and I was looking through. She has Jerusalem which I don't have. I and, do, if you want to borrow it. Oh, good. And these are the books that I feel like I should be cooking more from. Is there a new one coming out? He's got plenty. Jerusalem is the second one. And the new one is perfect for you, Elizabeth, because it's called Simple. That's what I need in this moment. This and is my dishes season. that use fewer than 10 ingredients and less than 30 minutes to make. Okay, yes. And they're very vegetable forward. So as a gardener, you know, where you've got a lot of produce, yep. you would like it. Okay, that sounds great. Um, I had the opportunity to meet this last fall, Carla Hall, who yeah. came uh, for the Women's uh, Chef Conference. Isn't she the sweetest person you've ever encountered? <sighs> she really is. I met her when I went and did a, I did some stories at the Chew um, in New York. And I just was like, I just thought she was a joy. She is. And she's got a new cookbook called Soul Food. It's a everyday celebration of everyday food. Things that you'll find in there are main dishes like grits, tomato pie with garlic bread crust, peanut beef stew with onions and celery. She's She's a real like good home cook, mm -hmm. kind of hearty fare that you would recognize. And when I look at a cookbook, that's kind of what I'm looking for, like stuff I can actually really cook. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this book, Solo, a modern cookbook for a party of one. Oh. If you have any single friends, a lot of them like to cook, but they don't get an opportunity to because it's kind of hard to cook for just one person. I used to cook when I lived alone and I would make like one thing and eat it for like six yeah, days. Yeah, that's exactly. So this would prevent that. That book's called Solo. Um, another book that I'm very excited about um, is called Now and Again. And this is uh, go-to recipes for reinventing leftovers. Some people have a leftover problem. Like they won't eat the leftovers. I don't know who these people are. You're, but then you reinvent the leftovers and then they'll do it. Okay. So if you are from that family, they will make like a huge pan of like chicken, roasted tomato enchiladas, and then they'll be able to turn that into like a sandwich filling or something else. 
So if you've got that kind of family and then really for me, the like cookbook that I don't even have the first one, but I'm obsessed with it and can't wait to get it is cravings hungry for more the Chrissy Teigen. Oh, Chrissy. I, I don't know what it is about her, but I am very obsessed. <laughs> I, she, the, when I saw her put her picture of her Spanx and her muffin top with her giant rollers in her hair, I know. I thought, you know what? This appeals to me. This is the kind of girl that I would like to be friends with. What's your favorite cookbook? Like, what's the go-to, the one that you just think you love more than anything? You have like, to pick one. Like, cook out of it or love? Love. Um... The joy. Oh, the joy. The joy. Just the like basic, the standard, the joy of cooking is my go-to. But I will say second to that is any of my Ina Gartens. Yeah. I have every cookbook she's ever written. Yeah. And I cook out of them a lot. Yep. And if I'm like having a dinner party, that's where I go. That's good to know. Because I know, and I have a dinner party usually for eight to 10. Yeah. That's kind of my number. Okay. And I know whatever it is that she's got in there, that it's going to be dinner party worthy. I know she's tried these recipes ad nauseum. They're always going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you just don't want to take the risk. If I'm cooking for just me and my husband and my daughter and my mother-in-law, that's when I'll do like some of these other cookbooks. And just try it out. My daughter said something funny the other day that made me kind of sad. Oh, shoot. She said, Mom, you never make the same thing twice. Oh, my husband complains about this. Yes. And so she's like, this- I said, well, what are our signature? She's like, you don't even have any signature recipes. You only make chili. This is so true. My husband says, my husband has started forcing me to take notes <laughs> because he says, you make something and I fall in love with it and I'm so obsessed with it. And then you just made it up. And then I say, can you make it again the next time? And then you don't make it exactly the same right. the next time. And, um, and he's like, I just want you to write it down and then just make it again and make the same thing. And then sometimes I'll be like, do you remember when I used to make this all the time? And then I haven't, it was like our favorite thing. And then I haven't made it in five years, you know, it's funny. I know that's, I think that is, um, that is a positive and a negative. It means you're not in a rut, but it also means that, um, you know, that I'm not making the things my family likes. (laughs) 651-641-1071 is our phone number here, and we're going to take your calls live on air in the next segment, which is Ask Stephanie, 651-641-1071. Please call in with your questions. If you have any cookbooks that you want to share or thoughts about apples or cider, 651-641-1071. We'll take your calls live on air when we come back to The Weekly Dish. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Elizabeth Reese. Stephanie March is off on a trip of a lifetime. She's working on a story on Wales. So she's there. She's in Wales. Yeah, I need to get, if anyone needs a travel writer, just let me know. I think that's, I need to be cultivating that as my next career. <laughs> not even kidding either. Because um, I don't have enough work. No. I don't have enough jobs. I don't, I'm not doing enough things. Oh, please, Steph. Um, Stephanie'sDish.com is where you can find me on basically all the things, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook um, also, I have a website, stephaniesdish.com, that has recipes and different things that we've talked about. Do you, your home to homestead blog, have it's you? It's defunct. It's not been updated, but you can still go there and look at it. It's really worth looking at. Oh, I want you're to so encourage sweet. people to go there. You have a lot of recipes. You have the story of your chickens. Yeah, we have, you know, we're urban farmers in our house. So we have chickens in our backyard and um, we have a big garden. And so the blog sort of tells the story of that. And I will tell you that it's kind of one of those things that, I um I did really consistently for a while and then after I had kids it was so 
it's just so hard. Yeah. And I do maintain multiple jobs. So that's the situation. But it's kind of one of those things that I just leave out there. In There's like, a lot I'm of content a prayer there. Yeah. That I'll have another season where I'll be able to, where I will be able to get to it. But I do post lots of fun chicken videos on my Instagram, which is Eliz Reese. Someone else had Elizabeth Reese. Darn it. But Eliz Reese is my Instagram. R-I-E-S. If you want to check it out and um, you'll see chickens and... You know, maybe someday fun. goats if Minneapolis will ever allow them. Six five one call you Mayor Six, four, one, <laughs> one, oh, seven, one. He actually is pretty forward in the food industry. I can see him coming to your house and being like, She she can have a goat. Six five one six four one one oh seven one if you want to call us with your questions or you want to ask Elizabeth a question. Um, here is a question that I'm going to pose uh to you, Elizabeth. It is from Mary and she has friends coming in from Scottsdale. And they're going to do the gangster tour in the Wabasha Cave Saturday, September 29th, which if you have not done that yet, it's really fun. Um, so they're looking for a place to go for a late lunch, but not Mexican because they're from Arizona. So they're going to be maybe near the Selby Dale or Grand Avenue or Lower Town area. If you were going to eat there with friends, where would you go? Oh, gosh, this is so great. You just picked such a great spot. It's really easy to choose. Well, um, I mean, I would go to Revival. I would I would just go to Revival. Up on Selby and Dale. I just, it's right in the Selby and Dale area. And it is. Fried chicken is great. The, the fried chicken is phenomenal. If they live in Arizona and they can handle some heat, they can get the Tennessee hot. It is hot, my friends. I am telling you. And I have a husband who is he is 50 percent Mexican and loves he grew up on spicy food and he eats that Tennessee hot and he is sweating so just it's really really good um, but that I, w- I think Revival is just such a lovely spot and it, you know another place too if you're doing like the Wabasha Caves gangster tour and you want to kind of like continue that sort of old school feel mm-hmm. I mean you can always go to WA Frost and sit in the basement well and I'm going to give you Waldman Brewery and Worcestery yes. have you been there off no. of West 7th my sister is it's has adorable. been obsessing over it. She was raving about it. And then my parents went too and loved it. It's real cute. It's a it's one of the oldest buildings in St. Paul. It was like a horse barn or something. And it is a little brick uh, house. And then they added on to the back of it. It looks like an old schoolhouse when you eat in there. And they specialize in sausage and they brew their own beer. So that's Waldman Brewery and Verstery, if I'm actually saying it properly you like are. Stephanie would want me to. <laughs> um, and then Parlor just opened on West 7th, too. People have forgotten that there's now a St. Paul's location of that. And then, of course, the Keg and Case Market. But there's not a lot to eat there yet. The eating part is just coming. So go there, walk around, have a beer upstairs at Clutch and get the feel of it. But then head on out to eat somewhere else. Good call. All right. We've got some calls here. Uh, we have Stacy on the line. Hi, Stacy. Hi, this is the crazy lady who won the William Cinema books last year. Oh, we <laughs> love that you brought those. Yes, you oh were so God. happy. And I'm not bringing them back because I absolutely love them. It's one of my favorite collections. I'm so glad. Uh, so is Ina Garten, for that matter. I agree with that. I have a source question, um, probably for Elizabeth, but chime in. There's two things that you make a lot um, for your family, and I'm curious where you get your favorite chickens and your favorite uh, kielbasa. Oh, yeah. I make kielbasa all the sheet time. Sheet pan dinners. Yeah, sheet pan dinners I'm a big fan of. Okay, so um, the kielbasa that I get, Lori Kroll at Golden Fig 
has the kielbasa that I get. And now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it. But if you call her at Golden Fig and ask her, you can get it. And I think they have it at other places, too. Is it Gebhardt's or Gerhardt's? Um, I do like Gerhardt's brats. Those are really good. But this kielbasa that she has is fantastic. I'll have to I can text her, too, and she'll tell me and we can post it up on the Facebook page. I'm trying to find it here Um, because and that's my husband is kind of particular about kielbasa. Like sometimes he likes it, sometimes he doesn't. And that one is really great and it's just easy just comes in a package i throw i do two rings of kielbasa because our family just crushes it i have a 14 month old who can eat a ton and then i put like um usually i'll do like little fingerling potatoes or i'll do and i'll do brussels sprouts sometimes i'll do broccoli i and then just roast it all together at 400 for i don't know 25 30 minutes and it is like boom done and then for chicken um do you want the source for like actual where i buy actual chickens well, I'm thinking the, the brand because I the Lake Winds is probably my closest co-op, but then I also have the Kowalskis and everything else yeah. around me as well. I mean, I get the Cottageon chickens all the time. That's what I get. There's also, um, like, that's what I buy when I go to the co-op. Um, I haven't tried them yet, but I've been following this farm on Instagram, and I've been messaging with this woman, and I'm going to go and get a chicken delivery from her, and it's called Yellow Hutch Farm. She is in Cambridge. It's this darling little family, and, you know, I'm just a attracted to chickens so yellow hutch farm you can check them out too i hope Stacey, that helps thank you Fantastic. i hope that helps thank you. mary and donya if you want to hold on we'll take you out